you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Dan here. Before we get to the show, I want to tell you about FanDuel. The NFL season isn't over yet. If your season-long fantasy football league just isn't cutting it, get your mojo back at FanDuel.com and pick a new team every week. Joe Watson, Joey, known to his friends around the block as Joey Watts from New York, played fantasy football on FanDuel for less than two weeks last season and won over $30,000. Join him and the hundreds of thousands of other users who have already won money. Go to FanDuel.com and click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use our code around and sign up now. New user special. It's ending soon. FanDuel will match your first deposit dollar up to 200 bucks. That's $200 free. The offer is only good for the first 50 people that use our code around. Don't forget to use our code around. FanDuel.com, where every week is a new season. That's FanDuel.com. Sign up today. The Around the NFL podcast is the next Redskins quarterback. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. I like that idea that we would be the Redskins quarter. I guess we would each take a quarter. Well. That would make sense. Or maybe all four of us could play at once. I, I don't feel know like we would have be. trouble yeah. evading the pass rush if Forget all an four of us had been involved. Maybe it, you throw the ball out there and let the best man win. Maybe we'd be the fun bunch. Ooh. We actually we had a it's funny, we did have a conversation downstairs that none of us are quarterback material. We I, I Mark and I were talking about it. Among us, who would be a quarterback. Well among this group, <laughs> let's say who takes the fourth quarter? I'm not sure. How You're you, falling you into, that? like, the, the uh, path of our listeners. Whenever I send a mailbag out, half the questions are, four of you, who kills each other first? <laughs> it's always, like, something about us defeating one another. Mm. I don't like getting involved with that. It just leads to hurt feelings. I tend to like our listeners. But Mark would obviously be the fourth <laughs> quarter quarterback because he's always calm under pressure. Oh, yeah. He's got ice blood in those veins. So this NASCAR is NASCAR trout, deep Scooby right, <laughs> F short, switch salt swirl. That's Sessler if I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, Ridiculous. Week 16 is here. In, in full, this is uh, our big preview show. Two games on Saturday, of course, and then a bunch of games on Sunday. Is there a Monday night game? Of course. Of course Broncos there's a Monday night game. I know the holiday season is here. Christmas <laughs> is on uh, Thursday. I didn't know if that somehow 
Yeah, I don't really know anything about the NFL. I just, I just learned. I just well, walked Andy in the Dalton studio. doesn't realize there's a prime time. Well, they game set this. Part of, so they set this schedule out back in when April or May. It's been on NFL.com. You can check I'm it out. I'm not familiar anytime. with that website actually. <laughs> Denver Cincinnati is the Monday night game, so we got a lot of games to get to. But before that, really, the one that uh, everybody wants to know about. Uh, it's such an important game that I guess I'm the only one that's going to be talking about it. The Tennessee Jacksonville matchup on Thursday night football. That was so sarcastic. <laughs> Let's go to that. All right, so it's just me, Dan, the I team, and that really tells you a lot about uh, where we we come down on this game, the Thursday night showdown between the Jaguars and Titans. But I'll tell you what, uh, this was not a bad game. A 21-13 win by the Jaguars, a game in which uh, the great – I wish you weren't a liar. <laughs> TV. Thank you. Uh, Blake Bortles, uh, you know, he, he came into the game. They weren't even sure if he's going to play with the foot injury. He ends up playing, and he doesn't throw for a lot of yards. He runs for 50 yards. He makes some nice plays. and uh, But he doesn't. he's not the best quarterback on the field, TD. Uh, in fact, you know what? Uh, while we're here, it's just you and me. Let's get a little background music in honor of Clipboard Jesus. Because I don't know how much longer we're going to get him. And this might be the last... Charlie Whitehurst primetime game. It's a it's a moment to cherish. There will be a time where he be, he'll be in his cottage uh, by the sea and he'll be working on the chord progression of Glycerine by Bush, and and this will be the memory he has. He threw some nice uh, made some nice throws in this game. Really pretty touch passes. Uh, failed actually near the end of the game on a Delaney Walker touchdown that would have potentially cut it to three. But what are you going to do? So it's a 21-13 win for the Jaguars who uh, take themselves probably out of running for the first pick. Uh, but the Titans have now lost nine in a row, and uh, that moves them into prime position for the number one pick. So it looks like it will be the Titans or Bucks for the number one pick. That's really the most I can give you in terms of drama on their end. So, TD, I mean, is there anything really else we need to talk about with this game? So we've got a great podcast to get back to. Let's get right to it, then. All right, so that's it. That's the Thursday night wrap-up. That's the end of the Thursday night slate for the season. Uh, back to the guys, which include me. All right, so with that out of the way, we get to the rest of the games. 15 games to get to, and uh, some really, really uh, exciting games. We picked three right off the top we'll dig into because they get us excited. And we'll start, as we often do, maybe at a showing of respect and also that they play a lot of big games against good teams, the Seattle Seahawks, who are playing just about as good as anybody in the NFL, but they're still in second place in their division. They can change that on Sunday. Sunday night football against the Arizona Cardinals. This in Phoenix at what stadium, was? Uh, University of Phoenix Stadium. Wow. Wow, good. he nailed it. Home run. We're going Next. there. I was uh, paying attention to you that time. That was a rare first for me. Very good. Thank you, Wes. For the backhanded compliment, the Seahawks <laughs> against the Cardinals, huge NFC West showdown. And and Greg, I'll, I'll start with you. Uh, if if really the Cardinals have been shocking people all season, but their ability to keep winning despite the injuries, if they could somehow pull this off and be in the uh, be really win this division and get the one seed, we all got to bow down to Bruce Arians, King of the Universe. Well, forget Coach of the Year. That would be the best coaching performance of the decade, whatever you want to call it. Ryan Lindley's at quarterback. This would have been a fun game. Even even with Drew Stanton at quarterback, this would be an exciting Sunday night game. But we've talked about it throughout the week. 
I think it's a lot more likely that Seattle just waxes them. I know you, Dan, think it could be close, but I don't see yeah. it. When you have a when you have a team like Arizona that goes into the game, I'm thinking they'll be lucky to get to double digits with their offensive scoring. This is the kind of team that I think if you want to put a quarterback like that, Ryan Lindley, you have to be able to run the ball, number one. Seattle is the right now the fourth best team in the league at stopping the run, and much better than that recently. Arizona is the worst at running the football. I just don't see – you know, they only – They've been better lately, though. They've looked pretty good without Andre A better, But I think it's going to be a repeat of I last week where they don't put a lot of points I wouldn't up. have given them any a chance to do it in Seattle, but Seahawks are not the same team on the road. Arizona's undefeated at home, and I do think there is a little bit of uh, magic with this team. They, they, they're doing it all season, so I see it a close game. But double digits, like I could see them losing this game 14-10. They're, they're not putting up 25, 30 points. I think a 30-3 to three is a lot more likely. Whoa. I agree. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not just Seattle's offense. We're talking pick six and fumble returns here, too. Special teams. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I just don't trust. As great as we think Bruce Arians is and as much of a team as this has been, the properties of magic that you were talking about do not extend to fourth-string quarterbacks. Well, there is an in- when the Seattle has the ball, it is an interesting matchup because Arizona gets Honey Badger back this week. It's not like Seattle's offense has been overly explosive throughout the season, including recently. But I did like what we saw from Russell Wilson last week. There were some more just – Less random plays, some third and longs they picked up. They're getting their rookie Richardson into the mix a little bit. I kind of – Marshawn Lynch has been running well. No one can tackle him. It's like I like the way this offense is starting to round into form too. Well, they've been running for 170 yards since they lost that Cowboys game. I mean, that getting rid of Harvin and going back to what they are on offense has helped. They, like you've always said, they have a, kind of a scattershot passing game. I just – I don't – this would be a shock to me if Seattle dropped this. The defense is just – it, I mean, Wes has been talking about it. I think guys like Michael Bennett, they're almost underrated individually because I, I feel like Michael Bennett's a Pro Bowl player this I think year. Michael Bennett and Bobby Wagner have both raised their games another level from where they were last year. And it almost gets a, a little lost because they're on that defense. But Michael Bennett, especially lately, There's has been unbelievable. Kevin the, Williams is playing well for them, and they have is. a lot of people playing well for them. There's a change in the secondary, too. Byron Maxwell's playing the slot, and Therald Simon is playing outside. They're both playing very well. Who is going to be playing Ryan Lindley's overthrows? That's like that's like a position just Earl for Thomas. for these games. It's kind of like that softball position. You would know this, Wes. Isn't there like a, a made-up softball position where some guy just hangs out where Short everyone center. hits it? You play a three-man outfield and you put the guy in the middle. You, <laughs> now, this is very important. If you're going to put the extra infielder in there, he has to play in the infield, not in the right. So that So maybe you put <laughs> – Maybe you put a safety back there just 10 yards behind all the wide receivers just to kind of catch whatever Lindley throws. Here are my power rankings as a former softball manager myself in my 20s. If you're looking to hide the guy, like if your uncle is is filling in for somebody, you had to grab somebody, but they don't have a lot of ability. uh, Short center, to me, was always the place to put him. If not, try to sneak him into second base. And here's here's the sleeper spot, Wes, and tell me if you agree. Put him at catcher. Then you have the pitcher cover home plate. Yes. Why you. are you even getting together to do this? Why not find something more productive to do than getting your uncles and other people involved? Yeah, in yeah hanging out with family and playing outside. Well, in I don't mean that. Having, I mean, having a few right. beverages. Awful thought by uh, the uh, Hansis family. Listen, I'm just saying. I'm be, with be you. More you know, go read a book somewhere. Be more professional. Be in more the forest. productive. I'm with you. Soft, Outdoor activity. Softball is a strange thing. But stunner that Greg's against playing softball. I'm yeah. not against Shocking. it. I'm just saying if you're going to play a sport, play a real sport, play not like tennis. a fake sport. Wear like your tennis? white polo shirt. Ah. Short white shorts. <laughs> you can run around. You can All right, Arthur Ashe. Do whatever you want. All right. 
anyway, I don't know how we got here. Let's move on. We all picked the Cardinals. I'm the only oh. one that – excuse me. We all picked the Seahawks. I'm the only one that think it will be a close game. Greg missed this yesterday. How are you at snow skiing? I've, ne- I've never skied. Well, I guess I win really. by default. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I didn't eat a ton skier. as a child. Oh, I thought. Oh, yeah. I was thinking of the I mean, Colorado like I did when I was no, no, eight or nine. They did some fault, school yeah, trips and whatnot, but I didn't really. I, I, I love that Sessler taking a thing so that I forgot. Any, any any question ever, Dan's like, wow, I just win by default. <laughs> <laughs> know there are other human beings involved in this. What was the debate? Whether I knew it. Who's the best skier? Right off the mountain. How about that? Mark skied once in Connecticut when he was seven. Not once. About 150 times. The Badlands of Vermont. The Badlands of Vermont. Did a few times. It's all coming back. Not that much. I did have some people from Vermont send me some tweets saying there are no badlands. I know that. <laughs> I've been there, okay? I know. It's flat. It's it's depressing. Look, it's dark. It's a wonderful this is state. awesome video content, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> I assume, it. you know, we have editors for this sort of stuff. You could have edited the last minute out. We keep it in the podcast, TD. No, it we keep it all. It works out. We keep it all. Great. Let's move on. My favorite game of the week between two 10 and 4 teams that are still a bit hard to figure out. The Indianapolis Colts travel to Big D to face the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you know, this is a tough one. I think this is the only game, Greg, that we split, right? That, that's correct. We have some hero picks involved this week, but it's the only one with a 3-2 split. Yeah, so the Cowboys coming off that huge win against the Eagles. Uh, the Colts sitting at 10-4. and four. They are going to win that division. They've already clinched it, in fact. Uh, but the Dallas Cowboys could either win the NFC East or they can end up out of the playoffs. So this is such a huge game for them. Uh, Mark, I'll ask you, how do you see this shaking out? I went with the Colts and so did Wes. And I, for me, it just comes down to, you know, Andrew Luck's had four, I think four turnovers in the past two weeks. He's not had his two best games. But this offense in general through the air, I think they have the most plays over 20 yards of any team in the league, something like 77. They can do that all year long. That's going to, that's going to test the Dallas defense. And for me, the X factor is DeMarco Murray. They're going to find out, you know, a quarter or midway through that game that he's not able to either contain the ball they want him to or, or he's not healthy that enough. That assumes he plays at all. Or plays at all. I mean, that to me is the big X factor. I, You're talking about the Colts and they lead all these stats and explosive plays, but to me that, that offense isn't there anymore. Or at least it hasn't been there since their bye week. Do you watch the Browns game? Right, that's that's my point. They were terrible. Second they, if half, they, a ton of big plays in the passing it, game. In the second half, I mean, how many points did their offense score in that game? Most teams win that game. The Browns should have won that game. Andrew Luck was dominated for three quarters. You look at what the Colts have done in the last five weeks, it has not been pretty. They, they struggled badly against the Patriots. They struggled against the Jaguars. They struggled against the Browns. They score basically... Two touchdowns against the Texans. Don't even top 300 yards. The only good game they've had since their bye week is that Washington Redskins blown coverage fest. It just hasn't looked like the same group. I don't, I don't know what it is. The offensive line uh, a little Browns bit everything. Game, though, see, I, I a little bit disagree with you because when they needed big plays and they needed T.Y. Hilton to take over and win the matchup with Joe Hayden, he did. Second half, they did exactly what they wanted but to do. But that's because they're facing a team that let them hang around. They faced uh, it's, a it's bunch of mediocre They faced also a bunch of mediocre teams. Andrew Luck has shown the ability to win games when sure. to come from behind and carry his team. Here, here's also why I picked the Cowboys and going back to Greg's point. These are the four losses for the Colts this year. Broncos week one, Eagles week two, Steelers week eight and Patriots Week 11. So really, anytime they've been challenged by a team that's better than mediocre, they back down that's, for the most part. That's not fair. Why? 
because it goes even worse for the Cowboys. Yeah, the Cowboys have beaten yeah, what, the well, Eagles until they, and, every and the time Seahawks. they beat a good team like the Eagles last They've week, we don't give them credit. Teams. Well, I'm just saying I I'm more comfortable with the Cowboys who just beat a good team than the Colts who every time they have somebody they back down. My question with the Cowboys is can they win without resting on the running game? The only person in the passing game playing well is Des Bryant. Hmm. Terrence Williams has disappeared. Jason Witten doesn't move well anymore. He moves like Dallas Clark did last year. To me, they, it's cool Beasley and Des Bryant. That's all you got. T.Y. Yeah. Hilton got an MRI this week, and I think we saw last week. That was the game that, that troubled me more than any. They're playing Tom Savage and a Texans defense, which I think is very generic, and they really, really struggled in that game to move. I mean – they, they're not the same when Hilton's out. They can't really run the ball now. They still have to play Richardson because they think he's a better pass protector. It's just the whole thing hasn't looked nearly as fun and, and good as it did the first 10 weeks. This, uh, this to me, is the best game of the week. And I, I think that it's because we're coming to blows to over it. We don't really know what's going to happen. We're coming to blows? Well, I, still, I sense some anger in the room. I don't know if the viewer can sense that, but it got a little edgy in here. Well, I, I hate picking against Andrew Luck, especially with this lousy Cowboys defense. I think you've grown to love it this year. Oh, stop. Give me a break. Okay, to have a little fire and a little <laughs> attitude. Everyone um, watched the Andrew Luck sound effects, by the that way. That was great. That was an awesome one. Moving on, the Denver Broncos head to Cincinnati to face the Bengals. The Broncos uh, picked up a 22-10 win last week. And, of course, the Bengals, they uh, embarrassed the Browns. And Johnny Manziel, a 30 nothing uh, win for Cincinnati. So now, again, a battle between two com- uh, division leaders. Cincinnati at 9-4-1, and one. Denver 11-3, still in the mix for the first seed. Chris Wessling, your first take. I'm never going to believe in Andy Dalton in a nationally televised game until he does it five times in a row. <laughs> at That's this fair. point, he's... That's a long way. From, yeah, he's... <laughs> That's a never from he's now. He's deposited, deposited too many stinkers into the bank account for me to believe he can just withdraw great games whenever he wants. I wore the same <laughs> exact clothing as Wessling today because my opinion duplicates what he just said. I don't think something that, very Stepford wife about the way listen, you said that. Listen, I don't think with Andy Dalton, <laughs> this is their season on has been remarkable. They've done a nice job this year. The Bengals, they're they're sitting on top of the AFC North. No one thought that would happen at one point earlier in the year. But who believes they're going to go in here and beat the Broncos? I think they have a chance because I think they're a good. I think they're a good team. They don't have a good quarterback, but they do have arguably a group of skill position talent, especially at wide receiver and running back, that rivals any team in the league. Green, Sanu, Hill, Bernard. Show me a better top two at receiver and top two at running back. You might be able to come up with some, but that rivals any group, and that makes up for a lot of problems. That makes up for a game like against Cleveland where Andy Dalton played terrible, and they win by 30. It's crazy. Well, you're not going to get Peyton Manning and the Broncos' offense to do what Cleveland's offense did in that game, which is essentially disappear. I'll take the, uh, the position talent on the other side. C.J. Anderson, Julius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Ooh. and Demarius Thomas. <laughs> I, I love that C.J. Anderson is now in this discussion, and I agree. I mean, he's his footwork and his power, I mean, he's fun to watch. I, how many different running backs have the Broncos had this year that we said, well, they can't take him out? It's like we thought that about Ronnie Hillman. It's like the Not, old Shanahan Broncos. It was like just plug someone just, in and 180 yards. Yeah, is it more that situation? I don't think so, though, unless my eyes are just crazy. I mean, C.J. Anderson seems like he's making people miss. Like he, he's a big back that makes people miss, and he runs through other guys. I think a lot of it is if Peyton Manning's in there, it's a lot easier on the running back. Sure. But people forget that Monte Ball was terrible earlier in the year. Right, yeah, he, he wasn't was producing good. at all. Nope. 
and that's why I couldn't take the Bengals. I I did I did think hard about it, but I think if you look at their offense against Denver's defense, this Denver defense is peaking, and that's why people are killing Manning for okay, his arm doesn't look as strong, but it's like you can win a Super Bowl if you have the best. If they're the top two or three defense and they have a running game, their passing game is plenty good enough to win the Super Bowl. One still. thing with Denver, so obviously Manning last three games has been a different guy. Is that the kind of thing you think a month from now we're going to look back and laugh at? I, I'm not so sure. I'm not sure. No, I don't think he's going to suddenly look like he has a good arm. I just don't think it's as important as people are making out to be. Wes, how would you answer the fact that the the balls looked bad last week? They had five plays out of 20 throws where the ball traveled 25 yards or more. I mean, they had more shot plays last week than any other team. I mean, they are hitting vertical plays. It looks funny, and they have great receivers making the play, but whatever, it works. Yeah, you'd have to take it apart play by play. The Emmanuel Sanders throw was awful on 33 yards. He was just open enough to make the play. Demarius Thomas was beating Brandon Flowers at the catch point on basically throw-em-up balls. But that's what he does. I mean, Demarius Thomas right now, maybe I'm biased because he's on my fantasy team, but is I mean, Demarius Thomas... Might be the number one wide receiver in the NFL right now. If I had to have a game this week and who's your number one receiver, I think I'd take Demarius Thomas over Calvin Johnson. I'd take Odell Beckham over both of them. Wesley, better deep thrower, Peyton Manning, Brian Hoyer. <laughs> is there a play action involved? Yes, there is. Hoyer. Oh, stop. You still take, I'd still take Manning. Chris Wessling. I don't know if people that are was picking up on it. Odell Beckham fan, Chris Wessling. Number that one. is true. You were there. He's been he's been in your stable of boys since the beginning. What's his uh, living situation in the stable of boys, by the way? He's got Steve Smith working on an addition. Steve Smith is actually <laughs> doing the construction on Odell Beckham's new penthouse. I've heard that actually, like all the way in my job as bouncer of the Cave of Sadness. I can hear the construction beginning right at 7 a.m. Uh, it's a, it's very annoying. Very annoying. I understand. Yeah, I don't like that. But like, if Steve Smith hears half this the people podcast by some chance, that was a joke. I didn't really mean that. Um, I know all of Mark's shirts, and the one he's wearing today is a little blue. They all, they're all named as well. In How quotes, many? It's a little what, blue. Both, yeah. both of his shirts? I have two blue shirts. And How many shirts do you own total that you can wear on a camera sort of thing? I can tell you, but I won't. On camera, two. Um, to work, five. Okay. <laughs> he's got maroon power, big blue, little blue, green and brown power. Stripe. He's got the brown <laughs> and stripey McStripes. Yeah. He got the brown and blue one that he says he can't wear to work, but he can wear out we to should, other places. We should well, start. Wear that to our fans should thing. start it. Don't really do this, guys, but we could start a <laughs> Kickstarter fund to buy uh, Mark's new shirts. Now you know, they're, gonna, now now you know I, they're gonna do it. Don't Many really people do this, have please. more needs than I yes, do on that. I, agree. I just don't like shopping. I hate it. <laughs> All right, shopping's move, the worst. Moving on, uh, it's that time of the week. We do it every week where we look at the games and and. Sometimes one of us picks a team that the rest of us did not. And that leads to the time that we, Handsome Hank, defend your hero. And we'll start with the Atlanta Falcons, who are heading toward uh, heading to the Superdome in a massive matchup in the NFC South. Connor Orr, uh, our New Jersey correspondent who lives in a haunted mansion in New Jersey, uh, wrote a piece about how historically bad the NFC South is this year. But listen, right now, they're both fighting for a chance to play in the playoffs, and who knows what happens in January. In this case, uh, the rest of, most of the group, including Mark, Wes, myself, and Kevin Patrick, all believe the Saints will get the job done and move closer to an NFC South title. Greg Rosenthal believes the Falcons <laughs> will win, but with one caveat. Yes, 
I defend your hero. I assumed that Julio Jones is playing. That's what Mike Smith said earlier in the week. I don't know if he was playing some sort of games. He is the type of player that completely changes the game. He has not practiced as we're taping this. If Julio Jones does play, I'm sticking with it. If he's out, forget it. But one of the reasons I picked him is because I think this is a matchup of two of the very worst defenses in the NFL. Football Outsiders has him 30th and 32nd. So I'm looking more at which quarterback and passing game do I trust to have one great game to send them to the playoffs. And right now I trust Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and that Falcons team who at least every week when I watch them now, they're kind of the same team week after week. I kind of know what they are. They're a C minus. The the Saints are Fs or they're B pluses or whatever. I like the Falcons better. Here's a flaw in your little offense theory. Okay. (laughs) It's Thursday. Julio Jones hasn't practiced. Even if he plays, well, I he's assumed clearly, he was playing. I listened to Mike Smith. Even if he plays, he's, a, he's clearly not okay, close guys. to 100%. Yeah, that's You're going to take – and without Julio Jones at 100%, this offense is terrible. They did say he would We're have been nothing lab. more than a sheer decoy last week if he stepped on the field. Marcus well, ventured into the lab as well. They, they put up 400 yards against the Steelers last week. Harry Douglas is a better receiver right now than Roddy White. Whenever he steps oh, into stop. a starting li- lineup, he's over 100 yards. He's fast. He's looking good. So if you can get Julio back, can I, that's a good-looking group. I will say one thing about the – because I've watched them a lot this year. Roddy White, we were talking about sticking a fork in certain players. Oh. Roddy White is not Roddy White anymore. So if Julio Jones was out, I could at least say, oh, yeah, Roddy White will step in and Harry Douglas will make some plays. But Roddy White is, you know. He's Harry like the, Douglas is still Harry Douglas, though. His name is Harry. And, and Devin Hester is really – after a really nice start to the season, has cooled off quite a bit. I mean, one thing, again, this has happened to our group over and over and over. We keep picking the Saints either across the board or four mm. of us. I think we're still stuck in what we think the Saints It worked are. last week. It, yeah, it's right, not against worked the Bears. pretty much Anyone's every other week. The, the week before that, they the, lost 40. The Falcons are so much better than the Bears? It's not that. It's just I that think they are our now. reasoning is what is our big reason for New Orleans winning this game? I don't think there's a lot of that out there either. The defense cannot the generate Saints turnovers. Had, the Saints had half as many sacks in last week's game alone as the Falcons have all season. The, but, but the there Falcons are, have true font on defense, and that's it. That That is the problem. We kind of thought, okay, maybe some defenders on Atlanta will eventually step up. And it's never happened. Wesley. You know, OCU Manure is still on this team. Does Who? anyone know that? This is our <laughs> attempt, Wesley, to get him to stay with the yeah. Falcons. I know. Oh, so I know. If you could tone down oh, the I'm out of, Saints commentary. I'm, I'm out on a limb here. Oh, you the should la- tell me that before. I should. <laughs> the last time the Saints – I'm not going to be swayed by Greg you guys. Up one I'm game defending with, champion uh, here. Mark. Uh, on the standings now, have a one-game lead with two weeks to play. And if you notice, Greg picking scared right now, and that's why he's about oh, to Oh, yeah, that's why I just picked a touchdown underdog in, in – uh, not that we know what that I, is. I chose the Saints more for, for cosmic reasons, that this has been an ugly season beyond ugly seasons. They've lost four straight at home. We used to say, like, oh, wow, they can't lose in the Superdome. They lost four straight at home, and I feel like – this ugly season needs something to top it all, and that's a loss at home to their arch rivals to just end the disaster. This That's the type of team this has been. I think you should continue with that line of thinking, <laughs> and I've been told by a source to my left that you won't be allowed to change your pick even if you want to. I can change it if no, Julio Jones. No, you're not going to be changing that pick. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns, uh, really tough setback last week. Johnny Manziel struggled. They lost 30 nothing to the Bengals. And now with their season on life support, now it's 7-7. Seven and seven, They head to Charlotte to face the Panthers. Cam Newton, everything is pointing to him returning to the lineup after that car accident missing last week. And, yes, if there's a scenario where 
the Panthers win and then the Falcons win, the NFC South is going to be a complete mess entering Week 17. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, the three of us, and by three of us, I mean Greg, myself, and Wes, all believe, and Patra, believe the Panthers will take care of business at home and officially end the Browns' season. But Mark Sessler, and kudos to you, Mr. Quiet Storm, getting behind his brownies and saying they're going to put up a fight and they're going to get it done. And Manziel is going to, to use Mark's word, drop a bomb on the Panthers. Well, that's what I said last week about the Bengals game. Couldn't have been more wrong. I didn't make this pick with a lot of confidence, but I'll, here's what I think. I think they're an 8-8 eight and eight team, mm-hmm. and this is their eighth win. And then from there, the floor falls out, and they get ransacked by Baltimore to put a poetic <laughs> ugliness final note on the season. But they're going to take care of business. I think the Panthers, I, th- this, these two teams both have a lot of issues. I don't think there's a great argument for Carolina taking care of Cleveland, except that if we find out that Johnny Manziel in the offense – is what they were last week. If they don't show more rhythm, they're in big trouble. Everything went wrong for them last week. They couldn't run the ball. That they've done things better than that in recent weeks. I thought they looked. They, I don't know. Listen, if the defense <laughs> plays the way it did against the Colts, I in think the it's first on the half, yeah. That then you have a chance. I don't know which defense will show up. This was just me throwing it out there. Let's see what happens. I like it. They've been a very good defense in the second half of the year on balance. They've been a terrible offense. They've basically terrible offense. They've flipped. If you look, the Football Outsiders has stats, I think, since week 10. They're a top seven or eight defense. But it fell apart last week. I think that side of the ball is what decides this. By because the way, they should be able to slow down Cam Newton in well, this and offense. I thought it was going to be Derek Anderson, which is not a huge di- downgrade from Newton in some aspects, but it is overall. And I'm not switching it. To set the tone, so that I don't want to think. No, we not, knew it was I'm Cam Newton, by the way. I'm sticking with it, no matter what quarterbacks in there. You have to stick with your hero picks, Dan. Yeah, I like that, and I respect you for it. Uh, speaking of the Browns' offensive struggles, their leading uh, receiver in terms of touchdown catches has three. Who is it? Taylor Gabriel. No. You looking at me? Yeah. What are you? Guys? Oh, I think I got it now. Is it Miles Austin? Incorrect. Jim. Wes. No. Let Wes. You are out. R- wide Jim receiver. Dre. Jim Dre, no. Oh, TD. Calvin Johnson? No, he's not going to get 25. <laughs> Andrew Hawkins? Travis Benjamin. Oh, uh, mm. and, the, and they all came against the Titans. There's a, a rival <laughs> website of ours has a headline from three weeks ago called Panthers starting something called Mike Remmers at right tackle. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> this guy's been their best offensive tackle since he joined the lineup, and their offensive line is actually pretty good right now. They, they have been a little better. Their defense played – Okay, last week you got the Derek Anderson revenge angle. What? I think that's really gonna help him. Yeah, he'll be on the bench, really. Like shooting like uh, <laughs> laser beams out of his eyes at the Browns sideline. The Panthers have not beat a team, by the way, outside of their division since October fifth, and that was the Bears. So it's been a little while since the Panthers had any win Keep outside the NFC. Bears wins don't count. Our final hero pick. The Buffalo Bills trying to keep their playoff hopes alive off that great win over the Packers. Now what looks like they're going to have a gimme, but maybe not. They're not as good at home, and they're playing the Raiders uh, of Oakland, who have been a little feisty at times if you throw out that 52 nothing loss. Uh, Mark, myself, Wes, I mean, excuse me, Greg, and uh, Patra all picked the Bills to keep their playoff hopes alive. But Chris Wessling... He thinks that the Raiders are going to drop a bomb on the Bills. <laughs> Enough of these bombs. There's a bomb being <laughs> dropped. You know, growing up in the ni- in uh, Cincinnati and yeah. living through the 1990s, I basically have a graduate degree 
and how teams act in lost seasons because I've seen so many Bengals <laughs> teams start out 0-8. And, and here's what happens. They play much better at home. If they're going to lay a stinker, it's usually on the road. And the most important thing for cashed-out players is if we stay in the game for a quarter or a quarter and a half, we'll stay in the game for four quarters. If we get blown out early, we're cashing our chips and checking out. Yep. And I think nobody – I I just don't think the Bills are a good road team. They, We've pointed out how great their defense plays at home. The Raiders have won two straight home games, and now the Bills, with Kyle Orton just playing awfully the last month, I don't think the Bills are that great of a team here. It does seem like they may get C.J. Spiller back this week. And, we uh, don't know at what we don't level, know. though. We don't know, but Doug Marone said he's looked explo- explosive in practice. I don't know what that means either. But the Bills also, when is the last time, you know, in the week of Christmas that they're actually playing for something? That this is a, they, they, they may respond to that in a way that they haven't in other times. I mean, Oakland is doesn't have a whole lot to turn. They had that the win over the Niners. I watched them last week. They looked completely lost. They have been a much better home team. I mean, the last two home games are against two teams with very similar profiles to the Bills. It was a Chiefs team that was coming in on a big-time winning streak, not an explosive passing game. They took care of them. Then it was a 49ers team that did have a winning record when they went to Oakland, not an explosive passing game, pretty good defense. They took care of them. So there is some track record here that it's not a crazy pick. I don't think the Raiders' defense has been that bad overall, especially at home. I I just don't like at all how Kyle Orton's playing. He's Mm. been brutal last month. There is a chance that Wes... Let's say, you know, if Derek Carr isn't feeling a little under the weather, your boy, Matt Schaub, might have to come in and make this hero pick a reality for you. I think this is all you need to know about Tony Sperano as far as his capability to be the head head coach beyond 2014. Matt Schaub is still his second string instead of his third string. Fair. The guy can't can't throw! Relax. And and by the way, Mark, you brought up C.J. Spiller. I don't think whether he plays or not would make any difference because they didn't know how to use the guy before he got hurt. Mm. I don't imagine he's gonna. They're gonna find All a right, nice. All right, TD, just take now. that thing that I said just erase it from the <laughs> podcast. Wow, some Dan Marquee today. No, I know. I'm kidding. I could care Now I've disagreed with Mark, and that's a problem. You're absolutely right, and no one has, and that's why I think C.J. Spiller won't even be in Buffalo next year because that's multiple coaches that can't. (laughs) All right, Mark. I'm sorry. I'm going to agree with Mark the rest of the show. There's a little bit of artificial drama, all right? By the way, I think there's a little bit of Grinch here that he doesn't want these Bills fans who are having fun in December for the first time. You know, you don't want them to have any fun. I Wesleyan. love I've called he reminds the Bills my the... favorite fan base. Oh. Well, just let them be happy for another week. <laughs> you just pick them to lose to the Raiders in a be happy game. With, look, they get to be happy when they have a quarterback. I'm sorry, NFL <laughs> fans. This is how it works. In football, you need a quarterback to win. The Philadelphia Eagles head to Washington to face the Redskins and RG3. Saturday. Uh, Saturday game. Saturday football's back, which is fun. Uh, this is a game for the Eagles after they lost to the, the Cowboys and, and kind of bad fashion in primetime. They obviously need this game at 9-5, and five, Washington playing out the string and trying to see if there's anything uh, that they can get out of RG3 in terms of a positive development. Uh, Greg, do we need to spend a lot of time on this game, or is Philadelphia <laughs> smart enough or uh, uh, prepared enough to just take care of business against a stiff team? I think the Eagles will crush them. Their offenses look drop a bomb on them. So I don't like that <laughs> that terminology. Okay, just playing a game here. You know, <laughs> wow, of war. So, like, okay. uh, you know, my mom didn't let me have toy guns in the house. You know, I'm a peaceful guy. You know, between <laughs> Wes's Reggie Wayne comments. And now you're against dropping the bomb. It's really well, like, I just don't like a it peaceful as a, place around here. I don't like it as a as a term. But you know who uh, 
You know who will be dropping some bombs in this game? I don't like that. Down thing. the field, Mark Sanchez. I mean, the the Eagles are great at going deep down the field, and who blows more coverages than the Redskins? Nobody. Well, two of those bombs in four games have been interceptions. <laughs> Guys thrown multiple picks in four games. So, well, I have, I have a counter to that. I, I saw this in the stat packet. Dan, you'll appreciate that. You've got that here with us today. Right there. I was, I was flipping hand. through, and we've got a little preview of these games, the Saturday games on the site. The Redskins have only intercepted five passes all year. So their court, their touchdown to interception ratio is 33 to 5 right now. So they basically So they're Aaron Rodgers. Right, they turn them into Aaron Rodgers. That's the worst in the league. They have only scored 15 points off of takeaways this year. That's hard to believe. All right, there we go. Found it. The research guy. Where's I Job? looked over TD scrambling to find the uh, the drop button. Where's Joe? <laughs> it's a great song. Name I've, of the artist, Wes. Europe. Correct. I have seen over and over these games, this these Saturday helpings, which is kind of a throwback to. I remember as a kid, oh, who loved these Saturday games. Love it. Called a Christmas treat for the football fan. Is RG3 on national television? Is that what this is at this point, a Christmas treat? I'm not sure <laughs> if I if I need any more of RG3 at this point. With all due respect to your son's namesake, it makes this game a lot more watchable than if Colt McCoy's in there. I, I mean, I am interested, who aren't you? Who doesn't like a good train wreck? Well, you know, RG3, RG3, you said he looked better last week. No, his improvement has been severely overstated by the media this week. Mm. He was inept in the second half. He he was okay in the the first half. He made some plays. He was okay. Again, he needs structure of a play-action passing game. He still can't. He's a one-read quarterback who holds the ball too long and can't operate out of the pocket. He's taken 28 sacks this year in five games, which is insane. It's more than most starting quarterbacks. He used to be good, and now he stinks. Moving on, the San Diego Chargers, <laughs> they head to San Francisco to face the Niners. Uh, the the uh, San Diego's on life support at 8-6. and six. They need this win. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers are done at 7-7, seven and seven, so just kind of playing out the string. But, uh, Greg, this is an interesting game. I guess if you're, if you're trying to figure out who's going to win and you're in some type of heated picks battle like we are, there's so <laughs> many. The injury report is so wild that it's really hard to figure out what's going to go on. Well, I was there. waiting for the injury report to come out, and I'm dialing it up right here. We don't have the questionable and doubtful yet, so I'm looking forward to it. But here are some of the players that won't be playing in this game. Keenan Allen, most likely Ryan Matthews. Uh, Carlos Hyde's probably not going to be in this game. The 49ers, of course, cut Ray McDonald uh, after more legal trouble for him this week. Ahmad Brooks is hurt. Frank Gore sounds like he will play. Justin Smith, Steve Johnson, they're all up in the air. There's a lot Chris of Borland? big-time players. Chris Borland, Borland is Phil, out. A report this week that Phil or today that Phil Rivers has a back injury that might be more severe. Jim Harbaugh might on. not be there. <laughs> hey, well, that's what I'm saying. I want to see who's playing in this game before I even know who to pick. But right now we all took the 49ers, which is a little surprising. Well, yeah. Phil Rivers, I think, has no more than one touchdown in five of the last six games. This is not a good offense right now. They have scored exactly seven points the last two weeks, the offense has. I mean, the defense scored ten for them, but they scored one touchdown against the Broncos, one against the Patriots. Those are two very good defenses, and they play another good defense this week. Is but- this the last chance for Niners fans to see San Francisco and Jim Harbaugh at the uh- – what is it, Gene's Youth Hostel, or do they play at home <laughs> next week too? I, I believe know. they wrap up their home schedule next week against the Arizona I, Cardinals. I think in a Niners big game. fans uh, who have been burning a Colin Kaepernick jersey, shame on you, uh, are ready to move on from the season. I don't think they need to see him anymore, anymore else. But I will say the Chargers, I, I kind of wanted to pick them. I originally did pick them. Me and too. Then, then I heard about Rivers and I got scared off. I also I f- I find it hard to pick them after uh, after they let me down last week. 
I sung a sad <laughs> song. I can't now go and pick them. I got to get out on the team around the NFL. They failed us. You can't make emotional decisions when you're playing a you know, cutthroat picks league. I mean, they're not playing the Broncos this week. They're playing the 49ers. Yeah, I know. It's almost something like, uh, no, I can't sing the song again. It's this too This song is very fitting for Michael Crabtree's contract year push, which <laughs> never happened. Has anyone cost himself more money this year than Crabtree? Ooh, that's a good one. That'd be a good post. Wes? Head right. downstairs and get to work. <laughs> I guess I'll write it up. All right, Wes, uh, we'll be back on Sunday's show. Uh, we move on to the next game. Uh, what was? It? Oh, yeah, so so far we have all Niners. I want you to sing. You find a way to sing in every episode. Even if it's not the Chargers, I think I was driving uh, Wes crazy downstairs because I got a, <laughs> a famous song from the band Corona in my head that went famous. a little bit like this. This is the rhythm of the night. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was a great Poor one. Emily. In sixth grade, <laughs> in sixth grade, like every song was exactly the same when I was in middle school, and it was uh, Rhythm of the Night, Technotronic, CNC Music Factory, and I think they all had the same producer, and they all the same like songwriters in, in Sweden, and everything was exactly the same. None of those great people memories. have had to work a day in their lives since. <laughs> you know? I say it was a worthy Wait, wait what is this band? Great news for, this the, was for music lovers that they're... Not working. I, I I tend to think that the the band Corona, I still <laughs> still has to go make a living. I, I don't know sure. if they're going. Like, <laughs> I don't know those how many, 1990s how royalties. That I think was pre-internet bubble. The I think whole you're overrating the Corona Wait, royalties. Did they ever make it under Jock Jams? <laughs> they probably did, but I would think that uh, Bristol <laughs> probably screwed them out of some serious royalties. On <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, the Detroit Lions head to Chicago to face the Bears, and the Bears are a huge story right now. Uh, because of what happened at the quarterback position, Mark Tressman benching Jay Cutler for <laughs> Jimmy Clausen. Uh, he spoke, uh, Tressman did today. Everyone spoke, actually, just in a conga line. It was Tressman, and then immediately behind him was the coach. I mean, was uh, Cutler, and then behind him was Aaron Cromer, and it was the big. Clausen. Uh, Clausen then showed up. Uh, but the, at the end of the day, this is a situation where it seems like the Lions really uh, come out on top. The Lions need the win. Uh, in the NFC, they're a ten and four, and now they get to face one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, and Jimmy Clausen. I think the Green Bay Packers, not the Cl- you know, listen, Cutler was not playing well at all, and this team is a disaster. But it's like, <laughs> this is a huge game, and suddenly Detroit has Jimmy Clausen in their way. I mean, I don't know, Michael Silver. For what it's worth, he said some people in Chicago they think oh, Clausen's sure. really going to help it out. I'm he's sure they light, believe that. I'm, he's going to light it up. He did, he did look okay in the preseason. Bruce Arians believes Lindley can take him to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right, just like he thought Stanton did. I would give all the sandwiches to the person who thinks that Jimmy Clausen is going to take this opportunity and run with it. It would not shock me if Clausen gives the exact same level of Jay Cutler over the last few well, weeks. That's, that's all I'm saying. And that's, that's not asking too much. So that's, that's I don't fair. think he'll even do this that. Game he is, plays the Lions, so that's tough. Yeah, this game's just like the Seahawks-Cardinals games. If the Cardinals were like their team from five years ago that was terrible or three years ago that was awful. I, I still am wrapping my mind around Cutler that this fork in the road for his career because it's not just he's getting benched for anyone. Jimmy Clausen authored, I would argue, the single worst quarterback year of the last decade. And I went to go try to find some statistical backup, and it was right there. QBR for ESPN has been in existence since 2006. They went back to 2006. And Jimmy Clausen's season is the single worst QBR in their history. Jamarcus Russell was, was the second worst. Jimmy Clausen's season was so bad that he apologized multiple times to Steve Smith. 
<laughs> How, uh, can you imagine the mean mugging by Steve Smith towards Jimmy Clausen that season? Oh, my gosh. And can you also imagine, I thought about this today, when the Bears are in their little cute practice bubble and getting ready for these last two meaningless games, Cutler watching Jimmy Clausen ahead of him, throwing these ducks down the field, and Cutler has one of the great natural arms in the league. Not that Cutler is a great quarterback, but to see someone so flawed as a player in front of him, it's got to be a real ego shot. Cutler uses that natural arm to proceed to light a cigarette. <laughs> I, I'm still amazed. One of the most amazing untalked about things is that John Fox survived that Jimmy Clausen season. The Panthers went 2-14, and 14, and John Fox somehow landed in Denver eventually with Peyton Manning. Well, but people amazing. probably said he had Jimmy Clausen as his quarterback, and it's, it's, an, it's a boys club. I mean, I mean, Fox is one of the most well-liked coaches sure. in the league long before and after. Well, I mean, it's worked out. Yeah. It's just amazing. You don't really see that too often. The Baltimore Ravens head to Houston to face the Texans. Uh, to face Case Keenum, potentially, and the Houston Texans. And while we're here, the sandwich wager, or I should say proposition that I had, that, that Case Keenum would start more games than Ryan Mallett. Now, that, that can't happen. But he can tie him with t- two starts and the season, which would be one of the great upsets, or I should say the, the greatest upset in sandwich history, because Keenum was not even attached <laughs> to anything uh, six days ago, and Ryan Mallett had been named starter weeks ago. The, the number of steps that had to come into play for Keenum to potentially make two starts, I love it. Well, that Keenum winds up on someone else's practice squad. If anything, you think he's going to start somewhere else. The fact that he's going to wind up starting as many starts as Mallet with the Texans after what we knew <laughs> is, is truly bizarre. I'm not even I'm not even mad. That's just amazing that Dan is going <laughs> to yeah. make this comeback. The only thing I fear for Dan, it does look like Keenum, by the way. They haven't announced it, but it looks like it's going to be yeah. Keenum. I I just sense. Maybe Keenum plays this one game and then he gets hurt or something and you lose out that way. Well, that's, it just seems that's cruel. very negative. That, yeah, but, um, I mean, but that, even if that know. happened, I wouldn't be upset because this is such a magical carpet ride. <laughs> yeah, because of yeah. the magical carpet ride. I think there's a magical carpet ride factor in sandwich propositions. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to call it a push even though the wording if, isn't You're a great right. man. If Keenum starts, oh, yeah, I'm willing to do that. This is, this is amazing. We don't know for sure that it's Case Keenum, and we do know that he's not going to win. I feel like this is <laughs> – this is kind of evening out the scales for the fact that you called Johnny Manziel to yeah. the Cowboys, and mm. they wanted him, but they didn't take him. I feel like that thought. was basically you were robbed. <laughs> the sand- Yes, the sandwich gods, are uh, they're fair giants. <laughs> uh, the Ravens are going to kick butt here. Oh, unless, you want analysis from the Yeah, team? I was going to say, unless J.J. Watt, who is turning every week into a highlight show, does something crazy and goes nuts, it's going to be very hard for the Texans to keep pace with a Ravens team that needs this win, and they're a well-coached team, right? They have more yardage, more points than any other year in their history, hmm. the Ravens, and, and they look that way. They have the Gary Kubiak revenge factor. I mean, the Texans mm, somehow revenge kept factor. it a four-point game against Indianapolis on the road last week. I don't know how they did it. They are playing a team that signs five new cornerbacks every week. It's amazing how many injuries that the Ravens have had in their secondary. Here's a very tough game, I would think, for Greg to watch. I can't imagine he'll be able to watch it because on one side he's got his boy, Teddy Bridgewater, the most important figure in the NFL, (laughs) according to Greg Rosenthal. But he's facing the Dolphins, who's Greg's entire team. Uh, they're all in the stable, in Greg's stable, the whole Dolphins organization, especially Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> so there's a lot of love, Ronald Rosenthal love, attached to Vikings at Dolphins Week 16. Greg, take us through your thought process. Well, it is going to be emotional uh, watching the last couple Bill, Joe Philbin games down in Miami. Who could replace that charisma? <laughs> Get that man some charisma. <laughs> I, I think the Vikings have 
done a really good job on defense lately. They did it again against Detroit. Miami might struggle to score in this game. It wouldn't shock me if Minnesota won this game. Kevin Patro has a hero pick on it, and that might be might turn out to be savvy. Greg is in all wrong. Bridgewater, 70% of his passes completed three straight did, games. Did you just preface that by saying Greg isn't all wrong? Well, no. Just that <laughs> I, he's taken Thank a lot of heat for his Bridgewater fascination. and Back-to-back 300-yard you know. games. You know, he's looked all right. Ripe for an upset, potentially. The poor man's Andy Dalton, Teddy Bridgewater. I never. We never said the poor man's all, Andy Dalton. We thought he's, at worst, I think he's going to have a career like Alex Smith. Or Andy Dalton, which isn't so bad. He just doesn't have a whole lot of arm talent, but he can do everything else. What is the West? Speaking of sandwiches, you had, I believe, uh, that Mike Wallace would have the most yardage. How is In that the, looking? Where are we on that? Gronkowski has 200 more yards at least than Mike Wallace. More, most yardage in, in the division. That's right, because the reason. Cause we you did not that, take me up on did this. Anyone I don't know if I did. You did uh, not, yeah. but Greg did. Okay. Well, Greg knows the Patriots ultimately will shine in every aspect of humanity. I remember trying to sell you hard on this by talking about Gronk coming back and Sammy Watkins, and you weren't buying either of those. You weren't buying E.J. Manuel as Sammy Watkins' quarterback, and you weren't buying Gronk's knee. Uh, Now I feel bad. But Watkins Watkins is probably pretty close to Wallace, too. Watkins has more than Wallace. Wow. Mike Wallace really has not worked out down there. Well, he's got the wrong quarterback. To me, the more fascinating team here is the Dolphins because Tannehill has – shown progress that year, this year, but he's not really running an NFL offense. There's no coach that's going to come in and run the offense that Lazer's running. Hmm. Everything's short. I think, look at the, their receiving guys. Jarvis Landry, under 10 yards per catch. Charles Clay, under 10 yards per catch. Mike Wallace, formerly one of the best deep threats in the league, 13 yards per catch, which is three or four yards below his average. Hartline, 11 yards per catch. This this offense is not a down-the-field attack offense. Do we it's also see, passes. like, Tannehill, though, notoriously missing deep on his connections with, got, with Wallace? He got one last week. He got a few. That, that was the most aggressive they were. They had three or four in the first half against the Patriots. I thought, wow, this is this is what you want to see. And then the entire second half, they didn't get a first down. If, if uh, Andy Dalton were to join some type of ginger religious cult and just leave the NFL. Mm. Right. Is it fair that we could potentially slide Ryan Tannehill into the AD spot? You're saying if Andy Dalton went glowing red well, ginger to explain, man. You want to, you, you want to explain? I don't know what the AD round. scale is, but it's Wes, do you want less. to explain what the AD scale, sure. the after Dalton scale is for new listeners? Andy, it's the undeniable truth that Andy Dalton is the – Purgatory for a franchise in the prime meridian of all NFL quarterbacks. He sits in the middle no matter what happens. If your quarterback if your quarterback is behind Dalton on the scale, you need a new quarterback. If he's above Dalton, he's your answer. Okay, so to my point, if that ginger religious cult came calling to Andy Dalton, they saw his eyebrows and said, wow, that guy could be our leader. Dalton says, yeah, I'm in. I'm out. Uh, Randy, uh, Ryan Tannehill, doesn't he kind of fit the mold a little I, bit as a guy right in the middle? It's too early. Still? To Come on, he's about to enter his fourth year. I think in a few he fits months. the mold. To me, a healthy Sam Bradford might be up there, or Jay Cutler now. Oof. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Somehow Dalton is the perfect because Tannehill still has that feeling that even if he was 27, I would still think about him like I thought of Cutler at 27. Is like, well, there's a chance he's still gonna turn it on. You know I what I mean? With, and I don't think there's any chance that Dalton does. Wait, right, with are Dalton, we not burying the lead here? Andy Dalton is taken off on a spaceship <laughs> that's hidden behind a comet. <laughs> and you guys are talking about football statistics. I mean, this would be a massive event in human yeah. life. That's a good and you point. guys are w- going over QBR ratings. 
we would definitely have to, we would definitely do two posts on that more like <laughs> we would have the regular newser but we would also have i think mark would be the man to provide some analysis I'm just what, saying, what it all means the, you know football numbers I maybe would, the b story here and if you don't mind if i could take another break off piece eight potential landing spots for the rocket <laughs> i like that <laughs> why would it be i got to think about you it. You have to think beyond just Earth. I mean, you, you could take some time It's definitely in space, somewhere in the uh, solar system. Moving on, the New, New England Patriots uh, are heading to the Meadowlands to face the Jets. Uh, the Jets coming off that thrilling 16-11 win over the Titans. The Patriots just cruising, cruising along. Speaking of rocket ships, a rocket ride, thrones of ease within this rocket, cruise to 13-3 in the one seed, unless they somehow blow this game. The Jets, give them credit, they almost always give the Patriots a game, uh, which Bill Belichick and uh, Tom Brady have alluded to this week. Uh, but ultimately, this is, seems like a one-sided affair where the Patriots just need the game and they're going to get it, right? They already gave them their game this year. And that was in Foxborough, and it was two points. This feels like the one where now New England's cooking, yep. and it's not particularly close. This game is too sad. I mean, if you're – and Dan's a Jets <laughs> fan, so we feel for Dan. But just the, also the Rex Ryan the, – the staple of Rex Ryan was to come in and say, listen, Belichick, listen, New England. He said it. Listen, Throne of East. Right. I'm done I'm with it. I'm kiss the rings. But he hasn't done it. No, he almost did it. Well, he, he had one big-time moment. Has he done it, Greg? I mean, you're a Patriots no, fan. No, they, they never, never really the, stood in your way. Well, no, they never won season. the division. They never he even did, got close. He did do it when they knocked off the 13, 14 and two Patriots, and Brady was the MVP. That was, I've said this uh, before, that was the high point of my life as a Jets fan. Right. And I thought they were going to finish it off because they're the Jets. They couldn't finish it off. They lost the next week. But what, what, why it's ultimately a fail or failure, Rex Ryan, is because they didn't build off that. That was the end, essentially, of the Rex Ryan era as a success. And even to the point downstairs, Greg, you were watching on our network, they had like a whole uh, collage of different Patriots jets through the years. And I just didn't need to see it because I've seen it all, and now it's become depressing because, you know, at a certain point it just became about the butt fumble and, and jets uh, struggling and there not being a rivalry. So this game is what it is. It's cr- not it's, that plugged in. It's crazy. That game really helped turn the Patriots' season around. I know they were 4-2, and two, but people forget the Jets had the ball for 40 minutes in that game against the Patriots, and they did have a kick at the buzzer that would have won the game for them, but it was a very long I kick, and it got it blocked. I believe it was a 61-yard. Right, and it got blocked. Yeah. But I'm just saying it was a competitive game where they even had that chance. And then the week after that was when the Patriots started their big-time run of just blowing teams away. We all have the Patriots. Wes, anything? Patriots are going to go into New Jersey and pound these chumps. They're not even going to fight you on it. <laughs> Moving on, the Kansas City Chiefs head to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. Huge game for both teams. The Steelers seem to have really hit their stride the last couple weeks. They're now 9-5. and five. Uh, the Chiefs hanging around in the picture at 8-6, and six, but this would be the end, you would think, for them if they don't pull off the upset on the road. I think this is a situation West, where we have two teams trending in opposite directions, and the outcome seems obvious, right? <laughs> I don't know if it's that obvious. I, I do agree that they're trending in opposite directions. For me, I, to, I go into Game Rewind, and the Steelers are usually the first team I look at because I find them exciting, and the Chiefs are the last team because they're <laughs> exceedingly boring. And I, I don't know. I don't see how the – I just – Antonio Brown has more yards, receptions, and touchdowns than the whole Chiefs wide receiver core put together. They're it's playing fun. 1973 football. If this game were in, flipped and it were in Kansas City, I'd be very tempted to I take the Chiefs. I would take the Chiefs in Kansas City. 
I just think Pittsburgh still hasn't won me over as a team that I week to week I keep picking them and I've gotten burned over and over. They, but, their offense is right where you think they should be. I mean, Le- Le'Veon Bell is something. I there aren't many running backs that he makes someone miss or he makes a play like every time he touches. Wow, the ball. he's over. Uh, what is he over two thousand? He's yards? over two thousand yards wow. from scrimmage. If Murray isn't healthy, he can pass Murray. He's right there with with Murray. I, I can't remember anything like it where it's like well, every play makes MVP someone miss. Well, potential MVP candidate, as, as has been said. I think he's better than Murray. Oh, yeah. I agree. And Ben Roethlisberger's had a couple clean games in a row. They've I like how aggressive they are throwing the ball. They know what their strengths are. Last last week, they did not try to run the ball late. They just they just threw to win. And Antonio Brown, Wes, you mentioned him. His numbers are amazing. They still have two games to play. He's 115. I think he had 115 last year also. He has 115 catches for 1,498 yards and 11 touchdowns. That's funny numbers. And he makes uh, less money than Dwayne Bowe, who has zero touchdowns. That's insane. But if you want to really get Pittsburgh on their heels, you get a quarterback and an offense that can throw the ball because they, mm. we've seen that that's their weakness many times. Well, this that ain't the Chiefs. But you, you also could see Charles – have 140 yards, healthy? and Niall Davis have 75 yards or something like that, and this be a competitive game. The Chiefs are competitive Charles every is week. Healthy, though. We'll see. There's only one way to find out, Mark, and we're going to have to watch the game. that game on Sunday. The Green Bay Packers <laughs> You're gonna have to. lost to the Bills last week, so I assume this is going to be, uh, and pardon my French, TD, a pissed-off Packers team going into Tampa to play the Bucks. Talk, I'm, I'm going to say it again. The Packers are going to drop a bomb on the Bucks. <laughs> right. I think we're talking five touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers. Eddie Lacy is going to go over 100 total yards and a touch. Ah, 42 to 10, and the Bucks are coasting towards the number one overall pick. What else do we have to say about this game? No Gerald McCoy, no champs. No. Even if they had Gerald McCoy. What do you think happened to Aaron Rodgers last week other than, okay, we, of course the Bills are good, but it's like everything that could go wrong went wrong. It started with bad chemistry from the beginning, and I heard McCarthy talk about this. You could see that he and his receivers weren't on the same page, and on back shoulder throws especially, the receiver broke the other way that Rodgers did not expect him to go. And it was the two – it could have been a blowout. They had the punt return touchdown, the Bills did, and then the two plays, the one where Rodgers didn't see Nelson open because he was going through his progression and saw Randall Cobb wide open – so he never saw Nelson on a play that could have gone for a 70-yard touchdown. And then the drop that could have been a 94-yard touchdown. Three plays, it could have been a blowout. I just don't see what the what the Bucks can create <laughs> at this point to do what the Bills did on any level from a defensive no. side, too. And Rodgers hasn't lost back-to-back games in four-plus years. I, if I the Bucks won this game, it would be the biggest upset of the year by far. I would say. Of the last few oh, years. Oh, for sure. <laughs> The New York Giants head to St. Louis to face the Rams in a battle of two also Rams. Uh, <laughs> that's it. Ah, uh, that's it. Digging deeper on your intro, yeah. I'd love to see. I think the the Rams have an interesting secondary, and Odell Beckham up against that defense will be interesting. I yeah, uh, we've said the Rams are the best losing team in the league for a while, and then they didn't show up against Arizona. New York has played a little better lately. Couple wins. It doesn't matter. Eli looking okay. Beckham looking all right. Kevin Patrick's got another hero pick on this one, and it it does strike me as close to a coin flip game. I, he picked the Giants. We I really wanted Rams. to pick the Giants just for Odell Beckham's sake, but I, I feel like <laughs> he doesn't know your pick. I know. He's gonna say it's like well, in the stable of boys, they talk. The, they, they talk we're, we're Twitter friends. Yeah, Odell right. Beckham and I. Richard Sherman and you are Twitter friends. He. 
he tweeted at you this week. He said thank you, and, and he started following you. Yeah, yeah. Richard Sherman and I are tight. He doesn't know that I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> he does now. <laughs> well, I, if you look at this game, though, the Rams, I mean, they kind of got clowned last week. They got beat by a better team, and Bruce Arians called them out. And I think they're probably not going to be too thrilled about that. It's fair. Well, and they'll respond like a good 7-9 and nine team should. That's true. 14-13. That's true. They play Seattle next week. I believe, and they're There's not going to. They're not going to win that game. And it is one of Chris's immutable football laws that the Rams have to go seven to nine every year. So that means they win this game, they lose to Ooh, the Seahawks. That reminds me, I need to make up my immutable football laws. Sounds the Bengals like will lose in the first <laughs> round of the playoffs, and the Rams will go seven and nine. I like that. Uh, by the way, the and nobody will care what the Titans do. No, <laughs> never. We don't even know who they are. Uh, I wrote something last night about potential landing spots for Jay Cutler. And the Rams, to me, really jumped out as a team that mm. made sense, a team that, that was right on the cusp of maybe being a player in the conference. And they just need stability at quarterback. And I know Jay Cutler's not a great player, but he's an upgrade to me over a gimpy Sam Bradford and anything else they have. Would that make some sense, you think? The more I thought about this, the more I thought the Rams should be the favorites. Mm. Because I think the Titans are the favorites now to get the number one seed. They'll get Mariota. And as much as Cutler wants to go to Tennessee, I don't think the Titans feel the same way about him. Tampa Bay's out because the one I researched that he and Lovey didn't really get along. So I think those are your first two choices right out the window. And I think Jeff Fisher wanted to draft Cutler out of college, and I believe Norm Chow wanted Liner. And Norm Chow total Chow move. Bud Adams wanted Vince Young. The owner wanted Vince Young, but Fisher's great friends with Shanahan, who is drafted Cutler and is still f- a fan of him. If, you know what I'm seeing If already? we had a podcast, by the way, sorry to cut you off. If we had a podcast back in 2006, we would have been talking up Norm Chow like he was Chip Kelly. <laughs> everyone was really excited. We'd have a whole segment <laughs> chowing down on Chow. We, everyone was really excited yeah. for the Norm Chow to the NFL era, and then it kind of just went away. Sorry, Mark. No, I'm desperately <laughs> dreading what I already see, which is an entire spring and summer of us talking about some team that got Cutler and the hype around it. We're already starting to look at Cutler as a guy that's going to save some team from mediocrity. Are we I don't sure? know. He is I don't average, know will, and by though. week five, we're going to realize he's just it wasn't, what he is. I'm not buying in on, on Jay Cutler next year. It this wasn't is, our podcast that picked Jay Cutler to win MVP. No, I don't think we'll buy in on that he's going to magically save coming. him. Plus, Jet, Jets fans are going to be – Jets fans might feel that way when they get Cutler, no. but we're not going to feel that way. I, no, they won't. I think <laughs> – look me. at the trail of coaches he's left in his wake. Shanahan, McDaniels. Ron Turner. Let's see who else. These guys Mike talk. Martz. I mean, Mike Martz. Talk. Mike Tice, who let's not forget by the time Mike Tice left the Bears, he needed a liaison to talk to Jay Cutler. They couldn't even speak to each other. Mm. <laughs> well, that could have been it's Tice. Gonna take, Does Tice seem like a fun guy to talk it's to? It's going to yes. take a coach who really believes in Jay Cutler, and I think they're few and far between around the NFL anymore. TD, can you get on the horn with Norm Chow's uh, representatives? I'm sure he's available. And pitch – Chowing down with Norm as a segment on our podcast. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I like McConaughey working yeah, his way into the drops. All right, that's it for Thursday's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Wes? I, w- I just want to thank all the people who sent me nice messages on Twitter for the Reggie Wayne discussion. All right. Wes says and thank you. the mailbag question, music to fall in love to, I started a playlist on Spotify. Wow. It's called the Around the League podcast, Music to Fall in Love. Now to. you just need to fall in love. I was going to say, that's the next that's the next step. And that <laughs> is an off-season assignment for the entire crew and behind the glass. Find Wes a wife. 
We'll be back on Sunday to go over all the games, all the Sunday games, as we inch closer to the end of the regular season. So make sure you tune in for that. Thank you, as always, for listening. This is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, and TD behind the glass. Until Sunday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that it's awesome <laughs> uh, maybe add that to the show oh yeah all right all right all right you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come